Welcome to the Saddle School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, April 30th, we look at Lesson 5, All Nations and Babel. Together, let's figure out God's solution for Babel and us today. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, Lesson 5, All Nations and Babel. And so our memory text, Genesis 11, verse 9, Therefore its name is called Babel. Because there, uh, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. Right. So we're obviously talking about the Tower of Babel today. And so, Michael, tell us about, uh, I guess, what uh, the principal contributor thought that launched a lot of this, which is the curse of Ham. Yeah, right. So uh, way to throw the tough text at me, Buster. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but but here's this um, this this terrible thing that that happens. And uh, of course, this is always what I remember from being a police chaplain is is alcohol always ends in bad results. Yes, it does. <laughs> and in this case, uh, this is exactly what happens. The nakedness of his father is exposed, and so on. And this this just kind of and Noah wakes up and curse be Cain. And the lowest of slaves will be, be to his brothers, and and so on, and um, and so this is referring to um, the curse of um, the curse of Ham. And the question is, is you know, this has to be one of the most misinterpreted, sometimes grossly misinterpreted texts in all of Scripture, because uh, some people <laughs> use this to make racial or racist statements. Oh yes, and and um, the author of the Quarterly makes it very clear that not only is that a gross theological mistake, but it's also, and I quote, an ethical crime. To use this text in any way to justify racist theories against anyone. Thank you, Dr. Dukan. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you, Dr. Dukan, for yes. making that crystal clear. And uh, but it doesn't mean uh, something really bad happened in Scripture here, and uh, and that is exactly what's happened. Um, and the, the, the lesson points out this is this is wrong. This is this is wicked, and um, and as a result, uh, there are consequences. We don't like to think about that, but here are very real consequences that that. Uh, uh, Ham is cursed uh, by his father. This idea that uh, he will um, uh, tragedy, I guess we'd say, would befall him. But basically, this, the, the, all of this. So, so that's what's that's what's up with uh, <laughs> the, the curse of Ham. Here we go. And uh, then we turn to this uh, Genesis genealogy. Yes, and so it talks about Genesis 10 and talks about a genealogy and uh, just to bore our audience, Michael, I was going to go ahead and and go through and just read the entire genealogy starting at verse 1 and ending there at verse uh, 32, right? (laughs) Uh, This is verse 26. Joktah beket see, this is what I get. Alomadad and Shephelah and Hazaramoth you're braver than me trying to pronounce those names. Yeah, exactly. But uh, why why <laughs> genealogies? Why do you yeah. why do we have these genealogies? Why do we? 
Yeah. Nope. And so I, I love this because mm. there's three reasons that our lesson gives us. It okay. says, first and foremost, it uh, brings uh, it emphasizes the historical nature of biblical events, right? Uh, then it says, second, it demonstrates continuity from antiquity. And then last but not least, it says that uh, it reminds us of human fragility of the tragic events of sin's curse mm. and the deadly results from generations to generations. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I love to share is that it builds confidence in the word of God. These were yeah. real people, not only real events, yeah. but some horrible things that have happened, but it doesn't mean we get to have a revisionist history mm-hmm. and say, well, because this bad thing happened with this person, yeah. we'll take them out of gene- genealogy. Uh, and yeah. so therefore we look at all this and mm-hmm. recognize I'm very glad for the genealogies. Mm-hmm. Now, listen here, sometimes I can't stand it when I'm reading through the Bible and I get to Chronicles. I'm like, oh, yeah. but it's, it's needed. It's necessary because even in heaven, Right, mm-hmm. I, I know mm-hmm. our history books here on Earth, uh, they mm-hmm. don't go back quite that far. Mm-hmm. But in heaven, we'll be able to trace back all of our genealogy back to Adam and Eve. Boom. Right? Yeah. And black and white next to each other, mm-hmm. Hispanic, Asian, right? Everything. We'll see where we originated together, yeah. right? Love and it. so it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And mm-hmm. and I'm very glad that God had, uh, you know, mm-hmm. superintended yeah. for people to write down genealogies. Yeah. And so, Michael, with that genealogy came uh, forth the Tower of Babel, right? And mm-hmm. one language. Talk to us about Tuesday's lesson. Yeah, right. So this whole idea, and, and I, I think this kind of comes to what you're talking about, the different um, racial groups and history over time, how all of this. And it seems to me that some people have a mistaken notion of God uh, and his creation that God wants everything the same, monolith, as if... um, one kind of one kind of example would somehow uh, is the only kind of example, and and this is same is true in many different forms and, and varieties and and, and and different topics and issues, and and this is true in terms of the way we communicate. And Genesis eleven talks about this that there was one language and a common speech. Everyone's talking the same, and I think that's part of our sinful human nature is we want uniformity. We want every Everyone to be the same. Ooh. And if they're not like us, then we other them and, and askew them and yeah. and 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 make them, you know, as outcasts. And unity is not uniformity. Yeah, exactly. That's precisely it. And and it's interesting here that this is the push that's going on with the Tower of Babel, and God actually has to interrupt them and to scatter them and to disrupt their language and everything else. But I think this is actually a really important point because uh, our God is a God of diversity. It's a God that embraces many different um, uh, people groups and languages and all of this. And it's out of that diversity that we can better appreciate the complexity and the beauty of our God. Our God is not a God of of one race, of one language. Right. Um, language, uh, these are limitations, yes, uh, are. constructs through which we communicate, uh, but they're imperfect. Um, English is not the language of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not. No, it's Spanish, duh. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, and so within these limitations, God condescends and works through us and through our culture and our language and everything else uh, to reach 
um, our hearts. But uh, there is this tendency to try to force this uh, uniformity. And just like you said, Buster, um, we have a God um, that is so much greater and grander than what we can even imagine. So yes. Um, so next is this uh, whole thing of uh, let us go down. Yes. Let's let's look at this. Genesis 11, 5 through 7. Uh, this is where God decides to intervene. And, and I love, uh, man, Dukan is, is preaching in this, right? Because yeah. he's saying that it was ironic that they were trying to go up to God. And in order to rectify all this, God had to come down. Ooh. But he didn't just come down to rectify and separate them and scatter them abroad, uh, on the uh, on the face yeah. of the earth. Yeah. He also came down eventually as Jesus mm. in order to save us mm-hmm. uh, from our sin, right? Yeah. And so yeah. he has this concept of let us go down, which is, yeah. uh, and, and it brings us even back to the creation story. Let us create man in our image mm-hmm. and let us go down. Who's the us? Yeah. I believe it's the Godhead once again. And the Godhead working once again in unity mm-hmm. uh, and once again, not in un- uniformity, right? <laughs> All right anyways, yeah. but they came down together and mm-hmm. they rectified what was happening there. Yeah. And ask this question, what does this teach us about God's coming down to us? Luke 1, 26 through 33. And that text I will read as I bring it up here, especially verse um, 33, the, the end of that. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it says this beautiful, beautiful line. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his king and and of his kingdom. There will be no end. Mm. His kingdom is not going to end. It's going to last forever. And that as a result of him coming down, being born of the virgin, fulfilling the prophecy of what was going to happen. Yeah. So not only did God come down and scatter, but God came down and died to save us. Yeah. And so uh, it's a beautiful a correlation and story, but also historical account. And so, Michael, tell us about the redemption of the exile. Yeah. So, uh, if we turn to Genesis 11, verses 8 and 9, and of course, uh, chapter 9, verse 1, it talks about uh, the Lord scattering, right? And they stopped building the city. Uh, verse 9, that's why they called it Babel, uh, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world, which is kind of the point we were talking about before. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. And then comparing that with Genesis one twenty-eight, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and mm. subdue it. Uh, so God's original plan was not to cluster in one place, but right. to to scatter uh, and to uh, continue working. And so this seems to be uh, going in counter to the instruction that God had actually given. Uh, and I, I think part of that is uh, God's redemptive purpose, right? Uh, that uh, and, and here they are trying to save themselves, just like you were pointing out, trying to build up. God has to come down uh, and and. Uh, it's interesting when people try to enforce uniformity, they try to save themselves uh, as impressive as the Tower of Babel must have been. Um, yet it falled woefully short of anything they could do to actually mm. save themselves. And you have to remember, this is right after the flood. It Why is. would you build a tower like that? <laughs> Unless yeah. you're afraid that yeah. there's going to be another flood. You yeah. don't believe the promise of God. Yeah. 
Uh, and so now you know that what is possible can really happen, just like Noah had predicted. But now you think that you know better than God. And that is the uh, – and the, the, this is absolutely an act of defiance of who God is and his redemptive plan. And, and because of that, uh, that is why you have basically these two different systems, where one where people try to save themselves and one where you have to trust completely completely on on God. Yeah, there you go. And that contrast couldn't be more stark. Michael, I you know, it, this is a very short lesson so I was going to I was yeah. going to ask this question but you already answered it. Thanks okay. a lot. I was going to say Sorry, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> we have Babel, right? Which is yeah. a confusion of languages. Yeah. How do we unconfuse because yeah. we still have a lot of Babel going on yeah. even yeah. though we speak English, mm-hmm. even though we're even in the same denomination. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of different things. Be. Michael, we we talked about it mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Theological rifts that are are tearing our churches apart. Yeah. Uh, different ideologies, po- politics inside of the church. Yeah. And I believe, Mercy. like you just shared, the only way to get past the confusion mm. is a full, complete dependence on God and yeah. uh, recognizing of community together. Mm-hmm. That it's not just my thoughts and what I think the Bible says and what yeah. I think it should say. Yeah. It's about willing to be corrected in the community mm-hmm. and yeah. body of believers. I love it. It's uh, it's it's the church in Berea, yeah. which uh, in Acts 17 decided that they yeah. were going to search the scriptures daily to find out if these things were so. Love it. Instead, we listen to whatever whim we think is necessary, mm. and we whatever we agree with, we'll listen to that person. But if they don't agree with us, we'll tune them out. Wow. And that why, that's why we have a lot of confusion. And this comes back to appreciating diversity, that there are different perspectives within the plan of redemption, within yes. the faith community, uh, but to listen to one another, to better understand where other people are coming from, that oftentimes we might actually be closer to one another than what the other person might realize or, or possibly admit. Uh, but within that, there is a, a great deal of flexibility as long as we are surrendered to God and and, and not trying to save ourselves, but being in you know daily surrendering and, and recognizing recognizing that diversity and celebrating that diversity. Listen here, I I I I hear it. I have lines and mm. boundaries. Yeah. But God is ever expounding those boundaries because he's saying if I'm allowing these people to come and still worship me, yeah. why can't you stand next to them in the middle of a church service? Wow. Yeah. Why can't you allow me to continue working on them yeah. even if they're not what you think they should be because yeah. you're not what I think you should be, right? Mercy. Uh, and right? It comes back to humility. Exactly. And mm-hmm. he still calls me. He still beckons me. He still asks yeah. me to come to him mm-hmm. knowing that it might, well, not uh, it might take, it will take my entire life and I still will not be the perfect person that I think I should be, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's never about my perfection. It's never about my merits. It's about the merits of Christ yeah. and how he's changed me from the inside out. Wow. Yeah. Love it. Well, Buster, I think we um, put a wrap for uh, another week. Uh, I don't know what else to add to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, Michael. <laughs> but uh, I hope that our listeners will just um, take that to heart and, and acknowledge and, and, and look at for ways that God may be prompting your own heart yes. to, to look at, at, at the very things that you just mentioned. So with that, I guess we'll put a wrap uh, for another week. This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. 
By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.